recorded. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. Welcome back. This is the week of January uh, 16th, I think it is, 15th to 2022. Forward we go into the week ahead. It's an interesting week. There's a lot going on, and we are off and running. Things are moving rapidly. It's kind of a fast, speedy energy that encourages you to take risks, move quickly, and make decisions. Um, I was missing last week. It, I was having some really hellacious transits. So I just was like, you know, gotta, gotta, the astrologers gotta take some time off. It's funny because I have a few friends that were born in 54, obviously, because that's my birth year. And they were all having tough weeks, too, so I think it was just the 54-year baby's week to take a, take a week off. So um, thank you for those of you who wrote and uh, inquired. Um, I'm fine. We were doing Twitter, so if you follow me on Twitter, you know it was there. But I appreciate the kind reach-outs, and yes, I was really having a very crappy week, so I appreciate the kindness of people checking in on me. Um, secondly, we are trying a new recording thing. For those of you who do the podcast, I record on this little guy. And it's, I bought it recently, and people kept writing going, there's like all this audio feedback. Like, what's going on? It's apparently a very sensitive little guy. And so I bought it a microphone. So we'll see if our audio quality is better this week for the podcast people because they were kind of like, what is going on with the audio, the feedback? So we'll see if the microphone helps. That's what my little black thing is here. Um, technology, we love it, we hate it. It's always something fun. So our forward motion, full steam ahead into the new year and off we go into the new week. Uh, so, um, of course, this is a list of the weeks, the dates for the month ahead, which I'll be putting in every week. This is an excerpt from my year ahead thing. This is a list of the hot dates. Now, because I missed last week, I would like to include the Mars Direct energy here, uh, because Mars went direct last week, and we have it in terms of all of our lives, it kind of had this shifting energy. Uh, so that happened on Thursday. And also on Wednesday, Eris stationed direct. So Eris was stationing at 23, 20, 23 and change. Mars was stationing. That's why last week was kind of rough. Um, and for those of you who have planets at 23, like I do, or have planets at 6, like I do, uh, 8, rather, like I do, you know, it was like one of those weeks where everything kind of went... But now Mars is direct. So this is the chart for Mars going direct. And remember, he entered his retrograde shadow on uh, September 3rd, and he went retrograde on November 6th. And now he was retrograde through November 6th to now, and then he's going direct. So between now and the end of March... He's going to be cleaning up all the stuff that showed up in September. So we're working on figuring out what the new direction is. And because he's moving forward, we can anticipate uh, action. But remember, he is still out of bounds until March. So he's not well behaved. And he also is answering to Mercury retrograde. Uh, and retrograde, retrograde. Now Mercury retrograde is going to rule the Mars. So we're going to have a lot of reversals between now and the end of this week um, when Mercury goes direct. And then both of them are moving forward, and then Mars is 
always going to be shifting. Now, one of the things um, we want to think about with Mars and Gemini is what is Mercury doing? And so in the time we've been watching Mars go through Gemini, Mercury has changed signs a few times. This time, as he goes direct, he's in Capricorn, but he's in Capricorn retrograde. So that's going to carry, even though he's direct, it's still going to have that retrograde kind of feeling. And of course, we are going back to September 3rd to look at the stories that started then to see what happens with them going forward. So it's an interesting Mars retrograde. Um, I'm personally ready for it to get out of Gemini because you have to do everything twice. Part one, part two. I've got the podcast. I've got the microphone. How many of you have been doing doubles, right? We had the football player have two heart attacks. This week we had Evil Knievel and Lisa Marie Presley's kids, or Elvis Presley and Evil Knievel's kids die. Lisa Marie and I'm blanking on the, the sun. Gemini, doubles. And if you haven't done it twice, you're not done. And that's through the end of March. So once, twice, and then you're good to go. Um, so understand that energy of the double is really prominent all spring are all winter going into spring. When spring comes, Mars then goes into Cancer for two months, and then every time the moon changes, every two and a half days, we get a new Mars. But it's a little easier, I think, because at least Mars is in a cardinal sign instead of this indecisive Gemini back and forth. And, of course, it does doubles. Now we have a president in office, Biden, who has top classified secret documents in his house in his various locations. And two, of course, there's at least two caches. I think now we're up to three. Hey, it's Gemini. It's double time. If it hasn't happened twice, you haven't heard the whole story. So just know that that's part of it. We also have Uranus right now riding at the world point. And Uranus is going to station this week which is kind of a big deal because it's basically been parked at this world point for the last couple of weeks, and it will be parked at it for the next few weeks. But it stops this week to go direct, and it shifts focus and says, okay, now I'm moving forward anyway, and what that's going to encourage us to do is take action and change things. Now, remember, all last year we were having Uranus and Saturn in an argument saying, what is the structure of your life and how do you need to change it? And now that Uranus is going forward and Mercury is going forward and Mars is going forward and Eris is going forward, the whole sky will be going forward. And that means full steam ahead, lots of new stuff coming in. And as the planets enter new parts, new signs, sections of the sky, they haven't traced through before they're going to be tracking in new fresh snow. So if you think about snow, if you grew up like I did upstate, when you go out and you're the first footprints in it, right? So as they go forward over this next few months, they're all tracking in fresh snow, getting us ready. And, you know, Pluto's going to go up to zero Aquarius. Um, Saturn's going to go up to six Pisces. Uh, Uranus is going to be going forward. Mars, of course, is now forward full steam ahead for the rest of the year. So they're in new, they're in new territory. Jupiter's going to be, after seven degrees of Aries, he's going to be in new snow. So there's a lot of new things coming, but there's an element of finishing up the old stuff because the Mars is retrograde now going. He says, well, remember, you're going to get it, yay. And so just do it twice. Do the new thing and the old thing. I have a couple of customers who are installing systems, running the old system, running the new system, running parallel. 
that's the energy. So it's helpful to know doubles, change, and now as Uranus goes forward, he says, we've been talking about this change for a while, and I need you to make it happen. And so now this is when all that stuff you've been saying you're going to do, this is when you do it. So it's good. It's an energy of forward motion, but it's also pretty intense because world points make us notice it. And somebody has said, can you explain what world points are? Yes. World points are the season ingresses. So when, this, when a planet gets to zero on the equator, zero of Aries, zero of Cancer, zero of Libra, zero of Capricorn, that's a world point. We divide that in half. We call those the cross-quarter days. Groundhog Day, Candlemas. Beltane, May Day. Uh, I think it's Lamas in, in, um, in, in August. And um, the in Assumption Day, Blessed Virgin going to heaven. Uh, and then Halloween, Samhain, All Saints Day. So those are the cross-quarter days. And that's when the sun is halfway through between winter and summer and spring. So that's 15 of the fixed signs. And then you divide it again, 15 and 0, 15 of the fixed. So you divide it again, and you get 22 and a half of the cardinal, and you get 7 and a half of the mutable. So when you have planets at those degrees, one degree on either side, they're known, they're famous. There is events that make us pay attention in our own lives as well as in the world. And when you have them in your chart, it's always interesting. Well, back, my assistant had me do, uh, I did a, way back when she first started working for me, she was doing a fundraiser. And she asked me to do a reading, you know, you know, like sit in the back room and do readings for this fundraiser for her theater company. And I said, okay, that sounds good. So I'm in the back, I'm doing readings, 25 bucks in the pot goes to Rose. So the next day, she, you know, we were kind of new working together. She goes, so, I have a question. I said, yeah. She goes, you know, you told some of those people that they were going to be famous. And you told some of the other people. You didn't say it to some of the other people. And I said, well, if they didn't have it in their chart, I didn't say it to them. She goes, oh. So the ones that you didn't tell aren't going to be famous. I'm like, and I kind of think about it. I go, it's a bunch of 20-year-olds living in New York, all trying to be in the theater yeah, I don't know, I don't, yeah, sorry. So, three of them, I told, are famous. <laughs> and the other ones, I don't know what happened to them. So it's an interesting energy, because it's a point, it's an energy. And sometimes it's a temporary fame, like Tanya Harding had. She just had a quick little fame when she whacked Nancy Kerrigan's knees. And then she kind of disappeared. But it was a progression. It's Andy Warhol's... Um, thing of uh, everybody has their 15 minutes of fame. So that's where it comes from. And when you have a planet on it, you know, usually it brings it to prominence. Some people have it naturally, like Colin Powell has it on all his angles. Um, and so when he died, they gave his birth time, birth death, and he was a birth time unknown. So I pulled the chart, I looked and fiddled, and like, boom, every angle was on the crop. Every midheaven IC descendant was right on uh, the, the world points. I'm like, well, you know, he's a famous general known around the world. Yeah, that would make sense. And it would give him a birth time of like 5.01 in the morning or something like that. And, and I'm like, oh, okay, that makes a perfect sense. So the energy of kind of adjusting it and when something comes to light or something is known, we watch it. So with Uranus hanging out in Taurus on the world point, we're really seeing change, change, change coming to us, being announced to us. And we also see as Mars went direct, we see Mars is on a world point, 
seven and a half. Notice it's eight and schmidgy. We also see sun, 22 and a half on a world point, right? Because there's the sun at 22 of the cardinal. And so when we see that, we kind of know, oh, this is going to be a bigger, you know, like some years are just years. There's nothing particularly going on. But some years are big years. And so when you see these points activated, it's always really interesting to look at and go, okay, got it. Why is it? Why is that day the way we're do the day we're doing it? And we also see here when it's 29 of Pisces, 29 of the mutable. It's really zero of the cardinal. It's still on that world point. So those are the things where people like who made post-it notes. Well, you don't know who made post-it notes, but you know the note, you know the thing they made. So sometimes it's they're famous for something they made that you don't know, you don't know it was them, but they're the one that did it. So that's what world points are. That's your little astrology lesson for this, this weekly podcast. Um, so then next up, Mercury stations direct. That's going to happen. I've got to put my glasses on. Um, that's going to happen here on the... Uh, on the 18th, on Wednesday at 8 in the morning. And of course, Mercury has been retrograde and he goes direct and then he leaves his shadow. Now he is stopping at 8 of the cardinal signs and he's also stopping right as the Sun and Pluto are about to meet. That makes his commitment energies very strong. Of course, the Sun meets Pluto every year, um, but this is like minutes away from him. So when we see this, we go, okay, Mercury is really paying attention. We also have Saturn and Venus very close. They're in a very tight kiss. And we also have, which they meet up later this week, and we also have Neptune on the same point from last April. So this is the planets all saying to you, remember last April when we talked about the dream? Time to get moving on the dream. We also still have Uranus on the world point. So it's forward motion, full steam ahead, let's get things going forward forward so there's a lot of focus on moving forward now when mercury stops we saw it last week um when the planes the com you know the planes went down <laughs> thought that was pretty funny the faa kind of crashing and burning um not funny funny but funny funny like oh oh look at the planets and then oh look at the stuff in the world so we're going to watch the the 18th for communication technology and equipment uh failures or computer failures things like that um, we also later that day have the Sun-Pluto conjunction exact, and that is, uh, of course, an annual aspect. And this is really Congress. Uh, the 11th House is Congress. These are the charts cast for D.C. So we can anticipate committee assignments happening. Uh, we can anticipate investigations starting, and we can anticipate a forward motion. Um, we also see Uranus here on the world point, kind of encouraging us, you know, what's of value to us, what's important to us. So this uh, Sun-Pluto conjunction, which happens once a year. Now we have one more. We have one next year. But this one is getting ready to wrap up that whole story from 2008. So as we're working with this energy, kind of know it's going to have a little melancholy, a little feeling of sadness, in a, in sadness in a good way, but sadness nonetheless. And for the last five years, of course, Saturn has been in his favorite signs. So this is going to be the last time they meet with Saturn in his favorite sign because Saturn's going to move into Pisces for next year. So it's going to have a very distinct feel when they meet up next year. But this also initiates a new cycle around power, power dynamics, and what you want to do about them. And because 
It is uh, 28 degrees. It's toward the end. It's an anoretic degree. It's a lessons learned aspect. So you want to pay attention to what lessons have been learned in this time, uh, in this since 2000, January of 2008, because we're in kind of the wrap-up mode. We're in the, you know, we're getting in the part where the credits are getting ready to roll for Pluto and Capricorn. So we're going to have credits, and then, you know, how like, you know how like sometimes you watch a movie and you go, that was really good. You know, I'd like to go back and look at this one part again. So we're going to get to go back and look in June. You know, Pluto's going to go into Aquarius in March, but then he's going to go back, yeah, in March, and then he goes back into Capricorn in June. So we're going to be able to watch the highlight reel or you know how like sometime in the closing credits they do the bloopers um but this is this is big because sun and pluto are saying okay i have been tutored by you pluto in power dynamics around companies and businesses and governments and i'm really trying to understand those new things i've been tutored around you by pluto and capricorn whatever house capricorn is in your chart Next up, the sun enters Aquarius. Happy, happy day. He loves to be in Aquarius. He stimulates the energy of big picture. He backs up. He gets off the what is about me, because Capricorn is a me sign. Like, what have I accomplished? What have I done? He goes into Aquarius. He goes, okay, what have we done? What are we going to do? Notice the high emphasis of Earth energy, even though the sun is in an air sign. Getting the big picture, looking at things, trying to figure them out. Notice the moon and Mercury are joined in this ingress. This is a 30-dayer, but it is very much about what's the focus. Of course, the midheaven is Virgo. Technical details, how are we going to do them? Lovely grand trine, uh, trines in Earth, which kind of encourage us to move forward and see things in a different way, understand how to work with energy physically. Very little water, not a lot of emotion. Uh, when I see that, I'm always a little cautious when it's a um, when it's a mundane chart because it does invite us to maybe not be the kindest because we're not really feeling empathic, but we are feeling physical. We're feeling very much about this is the structure, these are the rules, these are the things that we should do. So as the sun enters Aquarius for 30 days, Happy birthday to our Aquarian friends. And then right behind it, there's a new moon on Friday, on Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon at 3.53. So that new moon gets us a forward motion. Of course, we have a new moon in every house of your chart during the course of the year. This new moon is at 1 Aquarius. Now, this is going to activate the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction from December 20th of 2020 because they're sitting right on that point. And in a couple months, Pluto goes into Aquarius and he activates that point. So the dream that you're going to be building from 2020 on is really getting initiated this year because we had that conjunction and then we had the Uranus-Saturn square saying change, 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 change. And both Saturn and Uranus rule Aquarius. You know, Aquarius is the modern ruler, discovered during the last time Uranus-Pluto was in Aquarius in 1777. And Saturn, of course, has always ruled Aquarius. So the two of them are working together, but Venus is next to Saturn. She's coming up and saying, we need to really be dedicated to what's important to us. And, of course, Uranus is still on a world point saying the decisions you make are long-reaching. So this is a particularly, if we look at the new moons of the year, this is probably, I would say, the second juiciest. The one that I'm really looking at is the one that happens 
um, in March, in April rather, on the eclipse, on April 19th. That one's really, really juicy because that one's at 29 uh, Aries. But this one is an initiating energy. It's really going to be talking to you about the bigger picture. And so the energy, again, with Uranus on the world point, slowing to a stop, Mars is now direct, Mercury's direct, we're now making commitments. We also have a hard aspect between Mercury and uh, Mars. It's a quincunx, which is a finger of God. And we also have Mars forming a quincunx to the south node. And then the south node forming a quincunx to the Jupiter and Juno. So these form two, fate, two intermingled fingers of God, yods or yods. So this is also an important turning point new moon for us. So it's got a choice it's got energy about making choices. And because Mercury is in an adjusting aspect to the Mars, he's going to be asking Mars, well, like what do you want to do? And also Mars and Mercury are in what we call mutual reception, which means they can change places and they can swap. Mars can be in Mercury's Mercury can be in Mars in Gemini and Mars can come over here and be exalted in Capricorn. Now, some people don't count uh, planetary pictures when the nodes are there, but having studied Vedic astrology for seven years, I do because they really treat the nodes like people or planets. So I count them in pictures. So, But that's a juicy one because it's on the south node as the south node's getting ready to leave Scorpio in July. So we have a lot of energy here where the chart's kind of like, all right, juggling, trying to juggle and get stuff up and going, but also recognizing it's needing to make choices. So back when I was saying, don't worry about it, you don't have to decide until January. Now you got to start deciding. And, you know, just listen to your heart's path. Listen to what's encouraging you to go break in a new direction. Uranus is up there near the node. It's on a world point. Listen to what your heart says it would like to do, because that's the best way to proceed. And we do have Venus here next to Saturn. And Venus-Saturn conjunctions are a little difficult, but they ask us to make a commitment. They say to us, what's the commitment you're going to make? And more importantly, why are you making that commitment? And we also see Juno up here, now in Aries, new sign, new season, new beginning, coming to partner with Jupiter. And so Jupiter and Juno this week are saying, hey, what's our partnership going to be? What is our partnership not going to be, too? Do we want to get rid of some partnerships or shift them? And that's part of the energy of this week. There's a lot of negotiation this week as we come forward to this new moon in Aquarius. Because the new moon in Aquarius is taking place with Mercury and Mars both direct now and both moving forward. So last one in is Uranus, but he's kind of like, yeah, but I've already been talking to you people about the changes you need to make. You just haven't done them yet. And so Uranus gives up at the end of the week when he goes direct. Changes are in, changes aren't. I'm moving forward. So it's an interesting new moon on January 21st. Then, right behind that, the Venus-Saturn conjunction happens, really interestingly, uh, on Sunday at 5.12 p.m. Uh, So the Venus-Saturn conjunction meets up, and it says, okay, time to roll. The sun's at 2 degrees. There's a forward motion energy. And there also is Mercury-Mars still in a quincunx, but it's not as exact. But it is saying, okay, we're going forward. That new moon energy encourages us. The Venus-Saturn also says, what is your commitment to your tribe, to your group, to your heart, to your Saturn? Because remember, Saturn in each of our charts always looks at what's going on in the sky 
to get information about what it should be doing. So when Venus meets Saturn in the sky, anybody that has a Venus-Saturn aspect like I do, um, they're feeling it. They're feeling like, oh, I have to make a commitment. I have to do something. Uh, What do I do? What do I do? How do I do it? But everybody has to make a commitment. And Venus has a little bit of tinge of sadness when she meets up with Saturn because it marks endings. It marks that's, that's finished. Remember, Saturn in his purest form eliminates, consolidates, crystallizes, and he says, this is done. And, you know, we, we argue with Saturn, we complain about Saturn, we work with our Saturn, we're, I tell you to do your Saturn, but when Venus and Saturn meet up, there is, there is some kind of real realization that this is, this is done, this is done. And so it's a little melancholy. And so, um, you know, just recognize that we get towards the end of the week. We had the Mercury go direct. We had the Mars go direct last week. We had the Eris go direct last week. We're going to have Uranus go direct this week. That's a lot of shifting energies. And it it makes us feel a little unstable uh, because everything is kind of going, all right, ready? Yeah, you ready? Everybody ready? (laughs) And you might be like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I don't want to go yet. And I totally get it, you know, it's a good, you know, this is like one of those times where, you you know, I'm not going to say buck up. I'm just going to say, just take baby steps. Don't buck up. Just, you know, just know it's hard. It's okay. Sometimes they're a little harder than others. But we are moving forward. We're moving forward. We're getting in the car and we're going. So we want to pay attention to that lovely Venus-Saturn conjunction. And then next, later, a little later, Uranus stations to go direct. Full steam ahead. Now all the planets are moving forward and we are off. And notice Uranus is stationing again on a world point. It's a Leo rising, a lot of energy here in our relationship houses, and a lot of energy around partnership with Juno and Jupiter joined. So it's a nice week for kind of getting things up and moving. A lot of red. Look at all the red inside. A lot of red, a lot of uh, stress, a lot of squares, a lot of oppositions. But in there also, you see all those little blue cues? Those are the karma. We're finishing a karma phase. It's wrapping up. Ready or not, we're going forward. And so when you see that, just trust the process. If you've been doing your work, you've been trying your hardest, I mean, we're never going to be perfect. I'm a Virgo. I know, I know we want perfection, but, you know, life is not about perfect. Life is about process. But as we're shifting and moving forward, there's an opportunity that we have to kind of say, okay, let's go, let's go. And so as the planets go forward, we're going we're gonna to see things shift and change, which is good. And we're going to feel much more like, okay, we're not so stuck, we're not so blocked. And, and, and remember, a lot of times when the planets stop, it feels like we're stuck. So if you've been feeling a little stuck, now, after, after Sunday, it'll feel like, okay, I'm moving forward because Uranus is moving direct. And we remember our Mercury retrograde, you know, he is gone now. He's stationed, and now he's gotten back here. And now he's going to station and go direct and travel through um, the section of sky that he was retrograde in. And he entered his shadow on December 8th. Uh, December 12th, rather, at 8, and then he stationed retrograde on December 29th, and now he's gone direct on the 18th of this month, and he'll leave his shadow on on February 7th. So think back to what you were working on in December 12th, 
now we get to figure out what he's doing between now, the 18th, and February 7th, when he's into new territory. Because up until then, he's still going to be retracing his steps. Remember, he comes in, there's 8, he gets up to 20, then he goes back, he's stationed at 8 this week, and then he leaves and goes out. So when we get to February, we're free of the Mercury retrograde. So we're still in the shadow, which means you can still talk to your ghosts. And I haven't really emphasized ghosts a lot because Mars was retrograde. So all the ghosts were coming back with Mars retrograde. But you still now, because Mercury is in his shadow, he'll be bringing in some ghosts. And also because Mars is in his retrograde shadow until we get to the end, to, I think March 25th, we're talking to the ghosts. So those are the energies and the themes of the week. All right. When we look at our days this week, um, the sun goes between 28 and 0 Aquarius. And he, of course, has the conjunction to Pluto. He also meets up with Mercury, which I didn't include. He goes, he's combust with Mercury, or parallel with Mercury, rather, on, the, on January 19th. So that's kind of like a commitment, like I'm making a commitment in my innards, not necessarily to the world. And then he enters Aquarius, as we mentioned, on January 20th. Mercury this week goes retrograde direct. He's at 8.55. He gets all the way to 9.19. So he's like basically parked 8 and 9. If you have planets in your chart at 8 and 9, Mercury's kind of sitting on them, talking to them. Whatever you're hearing this week, very important to pay attention to. There's an ear, I didn't cover it, but there's an ear in the sky, which is like, listen, oh, that's what's going on. And Mercury does have really important connections that he makes on 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 Sunday the 22nd because he has trines to the nodes that day and that's a big day we have the Uranus station we have the Venus Saturn conjunction we have Mercury trine the nodes so really pay attention to who you meet on the 22nd in my case that's when the cruise is so I'll be meeting a lot of people because there's going to be 50 of us in the, on the cruise I mean there'll be more than 50 but 50 in the astrology group there also is um, Mercury is because he stations on, you know, he stations on the 18th, on the 17th and the 20th, he has a, that quincunx to Mars is exact. So he first quincunxes a retrograde, then he goes direct, and then he quincunxes it direct. So this is Mercury and Mars really renegotiating the terms of the deal. So it's like, well, I thought we were doing this, and we go, Mercury goes direct. All right, now we're going to do this. So it's a real shifty kind of week in terms of contracts and ideas and things you're doing. And as once Mercury is direct and Mars is direct, now they're kind of going, all right, we figured it out. Venus this week runs from 15 Aquarius to 24, uh, and she doesn't have a whole lot of activity this week, but she does have a, um, aside from her union with Saturn, which is nothing to sneeze at, but that happens at the end of the week. Um, she does have a contraparallel to Uranus. They're both on world points, uh, so that's very much about the two of them arguing and separating. So Venus is a good week for breakups or good weeks for I'm not going to go forward with you anymore. And we also see Venus in a sextile to Eris, the goddess of discord. That's going to happen in the 22nd in midnight, you know, like at night. So there's kind of a stressful energy here. We also have... Uh, Jupiter going from 3 to 5, and he marries Juno, uh, as we mentioned, on the 22nd. They get they have their little partnership that they form. We have the Uranus sextiling Athena. That happens on the 18th, which is the same day that um, the, Venus, the Sun and Pluto meet up. So that gives us an option to think about things in a different way, to kind of negotiate 
some new ideas as the sun sextiles Eris. Because it's like, well, I know you said you wanted to do that, but maybe you want to change. And that can, that can be cranky. Because Eris, of course, is the goddess of discord, but that can also be, you know, fulfilling because it's finally finished. And with Uranus sextiling Pallas Athena, that's also on the 18th, that gives us an opportunity to work with new uh, strategic approaches to things. And it sextiles right as Uranus is changing signs and sh or changing direction. So he's going to say to Athena, oh, okay, that sounds like a plan, because it is. Um, not much with Vesta, Athena, or Juno. And that's it. Let's look at the moons. I mean, a little moon calendar here. All right. So let's work today. The moon is um, in Scorpio all day. When in Scorpio this morning, it'll be in Scorpio tomorrow. And Martin Luther King, it'll go void at 9.27 in the morning on Tuesday. And the moon in Scorpio goes void with a lovely sextile to Pluto in power. Uh, and then we're, he's void in the morning. Moon's void in the morning, Tuesday morning. Of course, Monday's a holiday for many people. It's Martin Luther King Day. Uh, and Moon goes into Sagittarius on the 17th. Uh, at 12.30 in the afternoon, it's in Sagittarius on the 17th, the 18th. The 19th, it goes void at 5.09 a.m. with a sextile to Saturn. Again, a nice closing aspect. And Mercury shifts direction in the middle of that Sag moon. So there's a nice energy there of shifting. And also the Sun-Pluto meet up as Mercury shifts. So that's, that can be a commitment energy, too, where we're like, okay, this is what I'm committing to. Um, then Moon goes into Capricorn on the 19th in the afternoon at 2.11 p.m. It'll be in Capricorn Thursday afternoon, and it'll be there Friday, and it'll be there Saturday at 10.52 a.m. The moon goes void on Saturday morning in Capricorn with a conjunction to Pluto. Its void uh, enters Aquarius at 1.29 in the afternoon on Saturday the 21st, and then there's a new moon at 3.53 p.m., and the moon is in Aquarius on um, Sunday uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday going void at 519 with a conjunction to Venus. So Saturn and Venus are meeting up. Their last aspect is a, is a conjunction as Saturn goes void. Moon meets Venus as a conjunction and goes void then. Um, interesting. I didn't really, yeah, because Venus is past Saturn. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, It's Lunar New Year. On the, the full moon that we have on the 20, uh, 21st, it's the year of the rabbit. Rabbits are happy. Rabbits are frisky. Rabbits hop around. Rabbits have a good time. So it's the year of the rabbit. And uh, the aspects on the, on the Uranus station day, they're good. They're a little intense, but they're good. And then the intense days are this week, probably the 19th. Thursday the 19th is pretty intense. A um, couple reasons, you know, it's just got some hard aspects that day, and also uh, Mercury di Mercury stationing is always intense because communications are just kerflui, so that's going to be Wednesday. So those are the intense days this week. And also a little bit, little bit on the new moon day on Sunday, or on Saturday the 21st. Have a new moon webinar this week on Friday the 20th. If you want to sign up and look at this new moon with me and do a ritual to in put it in. Uh, if you don't, remember the new moon is at 129 on Monday. So Monday, 
or um, the 129 on Saturday, the 21st. So new moon ritual Saturday afternoon, 129 on East Coast time, of course. Uh, the 22nd, the 23rd, the moon is in Pisces after 12:30 in the afternoon, and it's in Pisces on the 23rd, the 24th going void on the 25th with a nice sextile to Pluto at 11 in the morning. So those are good days to do your ritual. I would skip the Aries moon uh, just because it's a little intense. But, you know, you, you know, some people like to do it on an Aries moon. I'm not going to say don't. I'm going to say caution because it's an opening square to uh, Pluto. So those are your days for the week. So hopefully that gives you some idea about how to work with the energy. Just remember, alliances are shifting. The theme for the week is fast, fast, as everything starts to take off. So it's got that, you know, you're kind of getting ready to launch the rocket. Remember how you watch the rockets and they kind of go like this and then the fire in the bottom and then they kind of start to take off and then they're gone. That's this week. Last week was Mars and Eris, direct. This week was Mercury. Next up is Uranus, and then all the rockets are in the sky. Everybody's going direct, full steam ahead until the next retrograde station, which will be Pluto in April. Uh, setting your new intentions for 2023 is on my website. You can purchase it. What you get for that is two hours and 121 slides, which includes an overview of the year ahead changes of Jupiter into Taurus, Saturn into Pisces, and Pluto into Aquarius, as well as the nodes of fate shifting, all the planet ingresses, stations and retrogrades, the Venus star point description in the one coming up in Leo in August, charts of all the new and full moons, month-by-month analysis, pages of important dates, and house location, all for $35 on my website. These are the new moon webinars. The first one is going to be on the 20th for the new moon that happens on the 21st. That's this Friday night. Up the cruise last week to sign up. We take off the boat. Fi- the boat flies on the day the Venus and Saturn Uranus stations, and we have that aspect to the node, the Mercury meeting the nodes of fate. So, hey, should be fun. Uh, well, I'm also going to be speaking at the Florida NCGR Atlanta. That's a, a hybrid thing, so you can come in person or you can come online if you live over on the Dave, in the Davie, Florida area, which is near Miami, Fort Lauderdale, all those guys. I'm also, there's a Time for Technique conference that's going to take place for OPA. That's on April 21st to the 23rd, and I'm one of the um, speakers speaking on giving you new techniques on how to work with things, you know, techniques that you can apply in your daily practice. Uh, also, I'm going to be speaking at NORWAC in person out in um, Seattle, but it also is a hybrid conference, so you can attend from your living room or you can go to uh, Seattle. And then last but not least, the weekend of June 30th through July 2nd, which is Labor Day, not Labor Day, 4th of July weekend, I'm going to be back at Omega speaking for an astrology consciousness and the great shift with uh, Lynn Bell, Rick Levine, Rachel Lang, and Maurice Fernandez. This will be our third year there. I'm really, it's a beautiful place if you've never been. It's a beautiful, really gracious, kind of magical retreat. So those are the uh, available, you know, conferences where you can come and learn astrology. We can come up and say hi. We can go out and have a drink, Um, usually tea, but we can have a drink. And uh, yeah, forward we go into the new year, full steam ahead. Off we go. So that's the energy for the week. 
And then last but not least, we have Cupful of Stars, where you get a daily audio um, of what's going on in the sky and a list of the aspects, which are very, they're sometimes a little longer than the ones I send out on Twitter, but they're on Twitter too. Um, and you get a podcast. And lately I've been doing songs, because sometimes the songs sum up the day. So that gives you an idea of what to do in the week ahead. Hopefully the microphone worked for the podcast people, um, and the audio quality will be better. Appreciate you writing and expressing your frustration with the audio. I didn't have any idea why it was so bad. But somebody, I don't remember who it was, it was a guy who wrote, I think it's a fan, Anne. And I'm like, oh, a fan. Yeah, there's a fan right here on my desk. And uh, I'm like, oh. And this is like a supersonic, really high quality. But when you look it up, it has ambient noise really good. So I guess it's good for eavesdropping in bars or wherever. Um, you know, catching the criminal, but it makes people crazy when the podcast audio is off. So now we have a mic, and hopefully it worked, and the audio quality is better. And on that note, I wish you a great week. Have a good time. Remember, you're a child of the universe. It's unfolding, and it's going full steam ahead. The theme for the week is ready, set, go. We're going to have fun. Have a good one. Take care. Bye.